Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Welcome back to hour number two of today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. Whether you're joining us on the AM side at 1490, on the FM side at 104.9, or if you're tuning in live via the ESPNTucson.com live stream, we do appreciate you checking us out and tuning in every uh, weekday morning as we are Tucson's only local morning sports talk show, or if you're listening via the, uh, via the, the podcast that can be found on uh, just about anywhere you get your podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and the like. Uh, we do appreciate you taking your uh, taking your your ears to us, and uh, we hope we're giving you the, uh, the all the stuff that you need to stay abreast of the news and information, and some of the you know ob- opinions that are out there in uh, in the world of sports, specifically football on a football Friday, because we have tons of football to talk about today. Um, we're going to be uh, joined possibly in hour number two by Matt Moreno. He is, uh, of course. The, uh, the man with all of the information here locally from Go AZ Cats, um, trying to, trying to uh, run him down because of this new tweet that is now causing a stir in the city of Tucson this morning, as only Jed Fish can do with his dancing cactus tweet. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, plus, Maddie has been at the, uh, the practices, and uh, we can talk to him about some of that stuff as well. So try to run him down, see if he's available, and uh, see if we can get him on the show here in the next, uh, next hour or so. Um, okay, so there was, there was a, a, a feel-good story yesterday that quickly turned into skepticism, concern, uh, you know, raised a lot of eyebrows. A video was, was posted yesterday on the social medias for BYU and for, uh, for you know, other outlets and things like that, um, that... A, a booster, okay, let's let's call it like it is. This is a booster. It's a local uh, company there in um, in Utah. It's Built Brand. They uh, they make uh, like protein bars and and health drinks and shakes and um, energy, you know, uh, athletic energy products and stuff like that. Um, Built Brand, their CEO, showed up at BYU meeting a BYU meeting yesterday to discuss some of the products and things like that and, and how the, the Built Bar brand is going to be on the, the practice helmets and things like that for BYU football this year. And they're going to be installing these fueling stations um, at the BYU facilities where, they, uh, where the players can get their fuel, uh, whether it be uh, bars or drinks, okay? And in that meeting... The CEO brought up one of the uh, preferred walk-ons at BYU and said, "We would like to pay your tuition for the for the season, which is great. I mean, these are look. You always love to see the the unique ways and the fun ways that football programs pay their for their walk-ons tuition, giving them essentially their you know their education paid for, which is huge. And and it's a big celebratory moment for the team as." The, the 85 Scully players get to now celebrate one of their brothers who fights and bleeds with them, sweats with them um, in practice every single day and gets his tuition paid for. Well, the CEO of Built Brand discussed, went on, continued, got another preferred walk-on and said, we're going to pay your tuition too. And people are going nuts now in this meeting room. And he says, in fact, 
all 36 of your walk-ons are going to get their tuition paid for this year. And the place, they blew the roof off the building. I mean, it was, and it was really cool to watch. And, and I, I enjoyed every moment of it. And it's a, it's a real feel-good story. And I love when that kind of stuff happens. And then immediately my thoughts went to, wait a second, <laughs> time out. Did a booster just basically blow up the scholarship limits in college football? Is it legal for them to do this? Can, can a booster just walk in? Let's call it like it is, folks. This is a booster, okay? This is a company booster of a program walking in and just giving the program money, giving these players money to continue their education at BYU. That's, let's just call it what it is. Regardless of the legal jargon that is out there, that's exactly what this was. Now, apparently all 123 players in the BYU program are going to be receiving some some sort of benefit from this uh, built brand as they appear to be like the lead sponsor of BYU football. And they called it an experiential treatment of of the, uh, I can't remember the exact word, experiential was the word that they used. I know that. And I thought experiential was a, was a really interesting word because experiential really means like objectively experimental. Like they're going to have experimental employment in the company. Well, what does that mean? Objective employment in the company? Now, again, I am not a lawyer, even though I read several thousand lawyers on Twitter yesterday <laughs> talking about this. I say that tongue-in-cheek. Uh, there's, you'll always find lawyers on Twitter just waiting to spout off all of the legal jargon that they have and the, the, the knowledge that they have and how this works. Okay? I, my questions of whether this thing is legal or not, okay, I'm sure that, I'm sure that everybody at BYU and in their compliance department went through this thing with a fine-tooth comb and made sure that it was legal. Now, the state of Utah has different laws and rules regarding NIL than other states do. I know, like, Florida, like, one of their rules is the players have to receive market value for, for, their, for their benefits, whatever that means, <laughs> okay? Utah has different laws. They have different, uh, different things that you – guidelines that you have to, to follow to make the NIL – uh, you know, a legal thing with that, uh, with with you know, with the college players. So, again, I'm sure it's legal somehow, some way. I just don't like it because here is what's going to happen. I like it for everything that happened to BYU for those 36 young men who are going to get their tuition paid for, and it's going to cost anywhere between three and six thousand dollars. I saw what the tuitions were um, for for uh, whether they're. Utah residents or non-Utah residents or LDS members of the LDS church or non-members of the LDS church. There's different costs for, e- for each of those. Anywhere between like three and $6,000 a year for the tuition, okay, for those 36 players. I'm extremely happy for them. They get their tuition paid for. That is awesome. Very, very happy for them. However, again, does this negate the 85 scholarship limit for other football programs? Does Alabama... Okay, and this is this is just kind of me thinking. I was thinking about this all day yesterday, like all the scenarios of how the money programs can really exploit this new wrinkle, this new can of worms, essentially, in the system. Let's say you're Alabama, okay? Got all the money in the world. 
you print money, you're paying your, you got a quarterback being paid $900,000 this year who's never even played a, a snap of, of legitimate football at the collegiate level. Doesn't matter. You're, you're Alabama. He plays for Alabama. It's all good. You've got your 85 scholarships. And we know this happens in, in college football, specifically at places like Alabama, Georgia, Oklahoma. They just bring in a – there's 13 running backs at Alabama right now that could start at every other program, literally. But they bring them in to hoard them. They tell these kids that they're going to play. They never have any intention of playing them. And then these kids transfer out and stuff, and they end up wasting their time and wasting their eligibility. And it's a big loss, and it's, it sucks, Okay. So Alabama gets to their 85 scholarships. Now they want to hoard more players. They bring in, you know, big Billy Bob's, you know, tractor sales or whatever. Comes in and says, we're going to make all of your walk-on, we're going to make all of our walk-ons mechanics. We're going to make them tractor mechanics at our at our dealership. And uh, I'm, uh, yes, I am making fun of the South. We're going to make them tractor mechanics at our dealership. And, um... We're going to pay them one year's tuition uh, to do that. Now, these kids will show up in what is being described as an experiential uh, employment, according to the BYU, uh, the, the letter of the, the, from the, from the, the uh, CEO at, at, uh, at Built Brand, experiential employment, which literally means experimental employment. You're going to be a tractor uh, mechanic, and you're going to make you know seven thousand dollars to pay for your intu- for your tuition. Now, let's say you know young man, uh, you know Joe Smith, who is a, a a running back, and really just wants to play at Alabama, but he's got offers from Georgia and Texas A&M and Florida and Oklahoma and Notre Dame, but he wants to go win a, a championship at Alabama. Well, he's going to get to go and play essentially for free at Alabama instead of going to play for these other places. And I guess that's on him if he wants to go and be a walk-on and not play. I guess I guess that's, you know, that's on him. But eh, it's dirty, man. It's dirty. I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. I like the fact that these young men are reaping the benefits for their hard work and that NIL allows them to make some money and that these walk-ons get their tuition paid for. But, uh, man, I saw that yesterday, and I, a million things went through my mind. And one of the things that also ran through my mind when this was when I was going through all this and kind of mulling it over yesterday is that look at everything that we've seen occur with NIL just within the first couple of months of its eligibility. Like things that we never even thought were possible are already happening. Like things that we didn't even think about. I had a conversation with somebody a month ago, and we talked specifically about something like this. Like, what if somebody wants to just pay everybody's to it? Like, you're basically paying the players to play football there. You're, you just you just take a group of players and you say, I want to give the program $150,000, and I want you to distribute it amongst these players, and they can pay their tuition with it or whatever. <laughs> so... They're literally paying the players. This is this is, and if this had happened six months ago, a booster walking in and giving thirty-six young men six thousand dollars would have been like the most illegal thing we've ever heard of in college football, right? I mean, it would be like, oh my God, throw the book at them, death penalty for BYU. How dare they? <laughs> 
And now because of NIL, these players can use their walk-on status to make that $6,000 this year, whatever the hell that means. It's just, it's it's still mind-blowing to me. Like, it's still so fresh in my mind that I can't quite grasp how this is legal, how it's all going to work. They call it experiential employment. What the hell does that mean? If you go by the word experiential, it means objective. It means experimental. <laughs> I, 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 am, I am baffled by this. And you know what the worst thing is? Is probably today or Monday there's going to be some new wrinkle that somebody thinks about doing, about twisting this rule a little further, pushing that envelope a little tighter, and and being able to pay players to attend and play football for these programs. It didn't take long for it to get real weird real quick. So BYU made it interesting yesterday. And again, it's it's a great story. I'm very happy for those 36 young men. This has nothing to do with them. It's nothing personal. It has nothing to do with those with those young men who are getting their tuitions paid for. I am extremely happy for them. And I am glad that something like NIL gives this opportunity to those young men. It's going to change a lot of things about college football, and it may not change them for the better. We may see some some real shady practice. I mean, we thought we saw shady before. This this opens up a new can, a whole new can. I'll be really interested to see how it all shakes out here uh, coming, down the, coming down the pike because, oof, boy. So, yeah, we'll keep a close eye on that. I mentioned that the Pac-12 was returning to their pre 2020 policy on forfeits, right? I mentioned I mentioned all that. We, we, we're, we're clear that if if Arizona has to forfeit a game this year because of uh, of you know COVID protocol or, or whatever have you, that Arizona will forfeit the game. They'll lose, and they also lose the money. But everybody in the conference loses the money from that game, the TV money. That's huge. Again, I think you're going to find programs, and I'm not I'm not saying that it'll be a Pac-12 program. Because I think this is a policy that will will ring through all of the Power Five conferences. You may find programs who are willing to circumvent the health and safety protocols that are out there, send players home if they're sick without testing them for COVID, if they've been vaccinated, knowing that they'll be fine in a couple of days, keeping them off that COVID protocol list, and then welcoming them back to practice. Am I the only person that thinks that way? (laughs) Maybe I'm the only nefarious person in this room. (laughs) Maybe maybe it's just me. I don't know. Also, news yesterday, the the state of Louisiana has been very, we'll use the word progressive, in their actions taken towards uh, COVID protection. Okay, let's, let's just put it that way. They've been very progressive. Specifically the city of New Orleans. City of New Orleans has a city mandate where they are starting to uh, make essentially vaccination records mandatory and or negative COVID tests to be in certain areas where you congregate with large groups of people, specifically 
sporting events. Tulane yesterday announced, Tulane University announced that they become the first FBS school to require, they will be requiring a proof of vaccination or a negative COVID test to attend games. The New Orleans Saints are going to have to do the same. Now, some of you are saying, well, Tulane, it's, you know, who cares? They have like 10,000 people a game. Yes, that's true. Um, I think Oklahoma plays a game at Tulane this year. You think those Oklahoma fans are going to be happy about having to show that they're vaccinated, proof of vaccination, or show that they have proof of a of a negative COVID test within 72 hours of attending that game? I mean, look, I've had to pay for one COVID test. I've been tested four times. The other three were, you know, covered medically, whether it be through my job or through some other, you know, something else. But I had to pay $120 for a rapid test. Is there, does that still happen? Or these things aren't free, right? I mean, I had to pay for one. I don't know if you can just get them for free now. I don't get tested every day. But uh, if you're going to ask these people to to pay out a uh, you know, hundred bucks, hundred twenty bucks for a test before they go watch a football game, and seventy two thousand fans of Saints games are going to do the same thing. Oof, that's rough, man. City of New Orleans really laying it on thick as requiring proof of vaccination or proof of a negative test to be able to attend sporting events at Tulane University and the New Orleans Saints uh, home games. That's that's a that's a bold move. That's a bold move, Cotton. Let's see how it works out for him, right? <laughs> All right. All right, we're going to take a timeout. Um, we'll be joined by Matt Moreno in about 10 minutes. Matt Moreno from Go AZ Cats will be joining us. Just uh, been texting with him just uh, momentarily. And uh, he will be joining us here in about 10 minutes. We'll be talking some Wildcat football returning there. But when we come back from break, we'll talk about the things that we saw in the NFL preseason games last night. We saw New Orleans, or New, Orleans New England take on Washington and the Steelers take on the Eagles. We'll talk about things that we saw right there coming up next. You're listening to the Jeff Dean Show here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Don't miss NFL Cover 2 each weekday right here on ESPN Tucson, brought to you by Barrio Brewing Company. Barrio Brewing Company, Arizona's oldest brewery, celebrating 30 years of brewing for Arizona. Get yourself some Barrio Brewing Company brews for this weekend. Get out there and shop at your local supermarket. <laughs> Safeway cough. Check it out. Just trust me on this. You'll thank me later. You're welcome. Uh, Matt Moreno going to be joining us here in just about six minutes from now as we'll be talking uh, well, what, what this what this new cryptic tweet from Jed Fish could possibly mean. Wildcat fans are starting to fervently rub their hands together and their palms together in anticipation of what this could possibly mean. Let's talk NFL preseason here uh, while we wait for uh, to, to get Matt on the phone. Last night there were two games. Um, I think the game that most people wanted to really pay close attention to was the Patriots and Washington game because they wanted to watch the quarterback competition for the Patriots. Cam Newton started the game. I thought he played pretty well. He was 4 for 7, 49 yards, led the team on a on a field goal drive. The other drive was disrupted by 
whom I believe is going to be the defensive player of the year in the NFL this year, and Chase Young. He's he is I, I, the word like the, the descriptive words. I can't, like the adjectives. I just can't even come up with enough. Nasty, sick, ridiculous. Uh, he's, he's just remarkable, and he was he wreaked havoc last night. It, it was <laughs> it was a man amongst boys watching him uh, come off that edge. It looked like a strip sack at first. It ended up being an incomplete pass that ended the drive uh, for the Patriots. He drew a holding penalty on a running play. Um, he was able to snuff out a screen play. Like, he was everywhere. He was remarkable. And that's what we expected of Chase Young, and we're going to see that all season. Uh, granted, he stays healthy. And anchoring that Washington defense, which will be one of the best defenses in the NFL, watch out for them. They are going to be very, very good. Um, but as far as the the quarterback competition – in Foxborough, Cam Newton started the game, went two drives, got a field goal, looked okay. He looked like Cam Newton, and I think Cam Newton should be the starter in uh, in New England this year. I think he does give them the best chance early on. Mac Jones came in, had five drives. One of the drives was a kneel down, doesn't count. So the four drives that counted, um, I, th- I thought he looked good. He was 13 of 19, 87 yards. I watched um, some of the some of the plays during the game while it was happening last night. And then I've watched some uh, again this morning, and I, I thought he looked pretty good. Again, you know, his best pass of the night was a pass that was dropped in the end zone. But uh, I thought overall, Mac Jones led a, a, a pretty a, you know admirable offense there, and it resulted in uh, two field goals. Again, the the one was you know that the, the drop pass in the end zone would have resulted in a touchdown. And every coach will tell you that. If every drive, if every offensive drive ends in a kick, we're in good, we're in good position. Either that kick is a field goal, a PAT, or a punt. It, it, you know, if, if you if you finish every drive with a kick, <clears throat> you're gonna you're gonna do well. And three of his five drives ended in a kick, or four of his five. I'm sorry, four of the five four to five drives. The fifth one was a kneel down again, ended in a kick. So I thought uh, Mac Jones played well. And again, Cam Newton deserves to be the starter. He should be the starter to start the season for New England. But Mac Jones looked like he wasn't all that far off. In the other NFL preseason games, the Steelers beat the Eagles 24-16. Scores don't matter. Dwayne Haskins looked really good. Um, 161 yards passing on 16 of 22. I was shocked to see that out of Dwayne Haskins um, in his competition with with Mason Rudolph there. Um, obviously, you know, going on who's going to be the, the, you know, the backup there. Uh, in the uh, in the in the Steelers organization behind uh, behind Ben Roethlisberger, and then in Philly though Jalen Hurts again I, I don't I don't have anything personally against Jalen Hurts I don't like that style of quarterback I don't think that style of quarterback works in the NFL you've heard me talk about all of the different that style of quarterbacks whether it be Kaepernick or Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray Jalen Hurts is is right in there with them and he struggled last night I didn't think he looked very good. Um, he, he, the, the team went backwards on several of the drives. I just didn't think he looked good. And then Joe Flacco stepped in, showed that he's a pro quarterback with a Super Bowl ring in tow, a tall guy with a big arm who can stand in the pocket and deliver, and they moved the ball. They moved the ball when Joe Flacco was in the game. Uh, Philadelphia's got a lot of work ahead of them at the quarterback position, and if any team is going to go out and make a big splash and try to make that trade for Deshaun Watson, it's got to be Philadelphia. Because while I don't think that Joe Flacco is the answer, he's better than Jalen Hurts at this, at this point in their careers. That's just, 
that's just the truth of the matter. My assessment, at least. All right. We're going to take a timeout. When we return, Matt Moreno of Go AZ Cats is going to be joining us, talking about uh, this new cryptic tweet from head coach Jed Fish and also some of the things that he's seen at practice. That's next right here on the Jeff Dean Show, 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back to the Jeff Dean Show here on ESPN Tucson, Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Let's go out to the guest line where good friend of the program and uh, always dialed into the recruiting in the uh, in the state of Arizona, specifically as it pertains to Arizona football and basketball. He is Matt Moreno of Go AZ Cats. Matt joins us right now on the Jeff Dean Show. Matt, how are you doing this morning? Doing great, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us on uh, on such quick notice. But, uh, hey, that's what happens when the Jedi sends out a cryptic tweet of a dancing saguaro cactus, right? It happened shortly after 7 a.m., and we know that T. Chiroa McMillan, T-Mac, who has just been upgraded to the number one player in the state of California uh, just a couple days ago, scheduled to make his announcement, I believe, on Monday. And now this. What does it all mean, Matt? Uh, we'll see. I mean, obviously you have a couple uh, big targets for Arizona announcing within the next week. Uh, you also have Sterling Lane, a four-star defensive end out of California, uh, who will be announcing next Friday. Uh, so those are the two prospects you're really looking at. There's obviously could be a lot of different uh, recruits who Jed Fish is referring to, but we know once he tweets out his uh, cactus uh, gif that uh, there's a commitment coming. So um, obviously the two you're looking at are T-Mac and Sterling Lane, both four-star prospects, although I could suspect that T-Mac is going to be moving up uh, at some point soon. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's good things for Arizona. Anytime Jed Fish tweets that out, and, and right now those are the two to really take a look at. As far as T-Mac, uh, it sounds like it's a very, very close race. Uh, between Arizona and Oregon at this point. Um, obviously, if that, if that is who Jed Fish is referencing, we know who, who uh, T-Mac is six, um, which would be a huge, a huge thing for Arizona to uh, pull off you know, a prospect like that. Who I'm, I'm recounting things every day and, and trying to remember everyone that I've watched, but I don't remember a commitment like that for Arizona in a very long time, at least in my time covering the team. So uh, it would be a huge deal for Arizona to land someone like that. And if it is Sterling Lane, that's another huge addition for this program. Someone on the defensive side of the ball is a four-star prospect uh, who, who will bring a different level of talent to, to the defensive line and um, someone who Arizona beat out uh, a ton of prominent programs for. He took uh, a few official visits in June. He saw Colorado and Oregon State as well as Arizona, but Michigan and Oregon are part of his top five uh, that he's going to be selecting from. So to have uh, either one of those guys in the mix at Arizona is another step in the right direction uh, for Jed Fish, but I think uh, as much as everyone wants Sterling Lane, the fan base, uh, everyone's looking at Team McMillan and saying, man, if they could get him, that sends this thing into a new a new level, uh, into a new area, and really can uh, speed up this process, this rebuilding process for Jed Fish and this program uh, if Arizona's able to land him. Matt, uh, just on a, on a, on a, um, a scale of the history that you've been able to cover while you're you know while you've been looking through Arizona's and Arizona's recruiting history on on us on a mega scale of of the history of this program ha- has Arizona ever landed the number one player from the state of California because I I read I think it was two days ago that that 
T-Mac had been upgraded to the number one player in the state of California. Has, has that ever happened in the history of Arizona recruiting? Uh, I, I don't think so. <laughs> um, I'd have to look back. Definitely not in my time covering recruiting, covering this team. Uh, he's, he's, that's when I say I'm kind of thinking back to all the recruitments that I've covered and all the, time, all the prospects that I've covered. I don't remember ever seeing a recruit quite like T-Mac McMillan. Um, he's just so talented at a different level than what you're used to seeing at Arizona and um, would be somebody who would grab attention from uh, maybe other prospects in this class. But as you look forward, I think that's where it would really, you know, make its impact is uh, you look at the 2023 class and what Arizona wants to do there. Uh, this class is the first one that Jed Fish and his staff have really been able to, to dig in on and really, you know, uh, put their stamp on. It. And so you look at the future and what that could mean for the future of this program, it would be huge because, uh, you're going to have some of those top prospects wondering why uh, a prospect like T. McMillan has picked Arizona when they've lost 12 games in a row and you know, lost every game last season. So um, you're going to have those prospects that say, what is Jetfish doing? What is his staff selling these prospects on? And they're going to take a harder look at Arizona. And so um, it, it's a big deal in a lot of ways. But, yeah, I, I can't remember a, a time when Arizona landed a prospect like uh, T. McMillan. So it would be a very, very big deal. And, um both on the field and recruiting-wise as well. Well, they have uh, you know, Noah Fafita, his his quarterback at, at Anaheim Servite, tweeted out yesterday, um, you know, added, you know, put, put the at sign with, with T-Mac on a tweet that uh, was featuring an Arizona offensive play, you know, off, Arizona's offensive beatdown of Oregon from several years back with Scooby and the strip sack and the running game that Arizona had that day and was basically like, you know, this could be us, you know, kind of thing, beating up on Oregon who's been recruiting all three of us. Two of us are here already. I mean, it, it's it's gotten some people excited, Matt, and I, I, I got to imagine that if if there's a savvy business person in the city of Tucson, and I know there are, that somebody might be wanting to open up a juice stand here pretty soon or some kind of a, a a juice store, because NIL is, is is going to be prevalent if they get those three guys. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a great opportunity for those three prospects in particular to, um, you know, uh, benefit off their, their name, image, and likeness. I mean, that's, that's quite the, the group to have coming to one school, to have coming to one uh, city like Tucson. And obviously, uh, there'd be a lot of opportunities, I think, for them there. And that's one of the things that you're competing with Oregon, you know, you're competing with Oregon in that regard if you're Arizona, uh, because they do have those opportunities up in Eugene with their ties to Nike and, and um, just being the prominent program that they are. And so, um, yeah, it would definitely be something that I think you'd see that group kind of uh, benefit off of that. And, and it'll be interesting to see if Team McMillan does end up coming, how that kind of manifests itself. But um, it's definitely an opportunity, I think, for those three to stick together. There's a cl- very close bond between those three prospects. They've all played together for quite a bit. Um, uh, Key and Burnett played at a different high school to start his career, but they've always played together on, on the club circuit and, and had a relationship going beyond just the last couple of years. So um, it's a big deal for all three to, I think, play together. I think that's a big part of uh, this decision-making process for all three prospects. I think um, even when Noah Fafita committed early on, I think he had the idea of, hey, I'm going to continue to recruit two of my friends and, and hopefully you know, get them to join me out in Tucson. And so uh, he's part of the way there with Key and Burnett already coming and it sounds like getting closer to you know having that that trio uh, come down to tucson and, and i would be very interested to see kind of how that plays out on the field but definitely off the field as well i think there's gonna be a lot of opportunities for those guys as a group 
Talking with Matt Moreno here on the Jeff Dean Show. Matt of uh, Go AZ Cats recruiting specialist, of course, and uh, you know certainly has his finger firmly on the pulse of recruiting as it flows through into uh, Arizona football and basketball. And you know, I, I was talking about this earlier. Six months ago, Jedfish takes over Arizona's 2022 class is rated, I think, like 77th in the country or something like that. Right now, they're in in the you know in the low 40s. Getting a guy who would probably be at or upgraded to a five star, if if T Mac is the guy and he does, he does make his verbal commitment, that moves Arizona probably up into the the low 30s. And now you're talking about momentum. You've gotten these three guys. People are going to start opening their eyes. Recruits across the country are going to start opening their eyes, specifically in in the OC in Southern California. And then you might be talking about even a top 25 class in the quickest turnaround in the history of college football, what I can imagine. Yeah, I mean, I was actually just doing the math right now, trying to figure it out, because Rivals does have a formula of, you know, the numbers and how it, how it adds up, and so it's pretty straightforward. Um, obviously, we don't know. Next week, Rivals is going to update their recruiting rankings for the 2022 class. Like I said, I imagine T. McMillan is going to receive a significant bump. Uh, so that's going to change some things. So it makes it a little bit different to, to kind of do the math right now. But um, if you take Kean Burnett, for example, he's a four-star prospect. He moved Arizona up 10 spots in, in the team rankings. And so uh, if you factor in Kean McAvillan, potentially Thurley Lane, um, that's going to bump Arizona up a lot. I think if by you know this time next week, whenever Thurley Lane makes a decision, if, if they do end up getting Kean McAvillan on Monday, um, I think you're talking about a top-20 class at this point. Um, you get some bonus points for adding you know top uh, 50 prospects, top 250 prospects. And so um, I think Arizona is you know, on the verge of having a top 20 class, at least at this point. Um, that puts you in, on a great path to, to potentially be in a top 25 class when all is said and done. And so it's a pretty remarkable turnaround. Like I said, I always go back to this when you talk about a team that's lost 12 straight games. This is not normal. This is not supposed to happen no. like this. And yet Jed Fish is, has done it and is, is, is proving that, you know, uh, he's capable of, of doing this and being the one to really turn things around. You know, and you and I both chuckle, I, th- I think, just because of how unbelievable it is, right? I mean, that's <laughs> it's, it's no, I, I said, like, if you had told me that Arizona was going to have a top 25 class in 2022, I would have laughed at you. Yeah, I mean, it's just it, it's pretty remarkable. I mean, it's just like I said, this is not how this is supposed to work. I mean, you're supposed to, you know, build up to these types of classes and. Um, I don't think Arizona's ever had a top 25 class in my time covering the program. No. I think they got pretty close, um, maybe within the top, you know, 35, something like that. But um, I've always said, if you want to, you can build a winner, uh, a team that's really competing and really having, you know, strong seasons and, and winning, you know, double-digit games every year. If you can consistently stay within that, you know, 25 to 30 range, you're capable of, of really having a strong team and a, a strong program. And um, to get there in year one under Jet Fish, I mean, uh, it, it always takes a while. I mean, I've been through a few coaching changes now covering this team, and uh, that first class will get you some prospects. It'll, it'll build some momentum just because there's a newness and a, and a vision that, you know, staff are selling, but nothing like this. I mean, this is, this is definitely remarkable and, and something very different uh, than what you see really anywhere across the country in terms of, you know, coaching changes. It's difficult to see um, programs have that kind of turnaround. North Carolina has been one with Mac Brown, who's really uh, been kind of the, the school that's done it recently. Um, but it's very rare. It's very difficult to do, um, especially when you're not pulling in a ton of in-state prospects. Um, that's kind of that next step for Arizona is to keep, you know, the top players at home. Uh, this year, again, a lot of the top prospects have decided to leave. Um, that's what a program like North Carolina has done well, has been able to keep those in-state prospects home. And it's really 
built a consistent, uh, you know, top 25 program in terms of the recruiting uh, over the last couple of years. And so for Arizona, that would be the next step to sustain it. But this is a great start. And as I said, definitely not normal to see this go on for a program that, you know, has lost as much as Arizona has recently to turn things around this quickly. I mean, it speaks to uh, the work that, that the staff and Jeff Fish are putting in right now. Well, Coach Fish and his staff, though, have already begun to dug their, dig their claws into the big programs up here in the Valley. I mean, I don't know if you read Doug Haller's, uh, his, his article in The Athletic earlier this week where he interviewed eight high school coaches here in the Valley uh, in, at, at, prominent, uh, at prominent programs anonymously, and I think we could figure out who several of them were. I know that one of them was Chandler High School. I know that another one was Saguaro. I mean, those are, those are two factories as far as football goes here. And basically what both of those coaches said were that we haven't heard from Herm Edwards and ASU in three years, and we talk to U of A every single day. Yeah, I mean, that's what it's going to be about. It's going to be about constant attention, obviously. Uh, that, that part of it is something that, you know, every coach in the state has tried to figure out for a while. Um, this is not a new trend, it's, it's, and it's going in kind of the wrong direction in, in a lot of ways in terms of the very top prospects in the state, yeah. um, continuing to decide to leave home and go play in other parts of the country. Uh, it's kind of a part of a bigger picture with you know, West Coast prospects. A lot of them are deciding to you know, leave to other parts of the country, go play for you know, Clemson or play for Alabama or play in the SEC. And um, a lot of prospects are leaving to Texas right now. And so um, it, it's, it's a, part of a bigger kind of trend that we've seen in recent years with prospects leaving the West Coast. But um, the way you're going to turn that around is by building these strong relationships. And Jeff Fish has put a priority on that with his staff, uh, really from the moment he stepped on campus, really trying to make connections with high school coaches across the state. And, um, you know, as I mentioned before, those those coaches that they see, it's not just the head coach. It's their position coaches that at the high school level that have input on, you know, uh, have an influence on where these prospects are going and what they like to see and what they want to see in the recruitments. And so um, it's been important for Jeff Fish not only to just you know, build relationships with head coaches across the state, but you know, the assistants and everybody involved. And I think that's going to pay off for them in the end. And um, we'll, we'll start to eventually get them even more in state prospects. And we'll start, you know, trying to reverse that trend of the very top guys leaving. And uh, if they can do that, it's going to set them on a very, very good course. Um, with the way they're recruiting in California right now, you combine that, you know, with Arizona and if you're able to keep those top guys home. I mean, you're talking about a program that can consistently stay, you know, within the top 25 in the recruiting rankings every year. And then you're putting Arizona in a position where they're going to be competing for, you know, double-digit wins and potentially competing for, you know, Pac-12 titles every year. Maddie, I know you've got a, a busy day today. I know you're going to be heading to practice here in a little bit. Uh, one more just, you know, quick question. Based on what you've seen in practices, we know that we haven't seen a, a real obvious, I guess, separation at the quarterback position, and yet last night's practice, of course, was a big practice because it was a lot of 11-on-11, first time that they've had open tackling and things like that in full pads. Who, in your sense, in in your mind, in your opinion, in your eyeballs, was the better of the three quarterbacks last night? It's very difficult to say, and that's kind of (laughs) part of the issue, is that I could probably make a case for all three guys. Um, I'd say probably Gunnar Cruz. But, I mean, again, I, you can make a case for Will Plummer. I, I still feel like this is Gunnar Cruz's competition to lose in a lot yeah. of ways. I mean, yeah. if you look at him, I, I keep coming back to this. If you were to cast the movie, uh, I think Gunnar Cruz is probably the guy you would cast as your quarterback. Uh, he just looks the part in so many ways. And, you know, he's a taller guy, uh, just looks like a college quarterback and looks like what you want running a pro-style system. And so, um, 
but Will Plummer does a lot of strong things, and um, he can do a lot of good things on the run. He can use his feet to make plays, and uh, has kind of been the guy that makes the explosive plays. And Santa Cruz has made more of those in, this, uh, in training camp than he did in the spring, which is a good sign for him. But um, Jordan McLeod is kind of the X factor. He uh, does some different things at this point. I think he's probably behind the other two, um, which is not you know a big surprise. He didn't participate in spring ball, but. Um, I think right now I'd probably say Gunner Cruz, but I can make a case for Will Plummer as well. And so that's uh, a very interesting race, but Arizona needs to have some kind of separation at some point soon, that's for sure. Yeah, I think Gunner Cruz reminds me of that guy that you see in practice that is dink and dunk in practice, and then you get him on the game field, and then there's lasers coming out of his arm, and he's throwing the ball 50 yards down the field, and there's just bombs going off everywhere. He kind of reminds me of that guy. Yeah, I think he has all the tools and has all – of the makings of the starting quarterback for this program, but he has to also kind of take it. And that's you know, something that I think uh, the coaching staff, and if you talk to fans, I think they're hoping that he does at some point is, you know, really take charge and say, this is my job. And that just hasn't quite happened yet. And so uh, it's leaving the door open for, for Will Plummer and Jordan McLeod to make their run. Um, I do think Will Plummer is kind of one of those guys that you could, you can maybe see some turnovers here and there, but he's also going to provide some explo- explosive plays. And so that's kind of the appeal of him is, if he's going to give you the more explosive plays, you kind of take you know, some of the mistakes that might come yeah. with it. But um, I think Gunnar Cruz is probably the safe pick in terms of just you know running the offense and, and uh, limiting the mistakes. But um, maybe the big explosive plays just quite aren't, quite aren't there. But like you said, he can get in those games and you never know what's going to happen. That's, that's the other element that we just don't know about a lot of these guys. Is what do they look like in games? The, the, such a small sample size for everybody outside of Jordan McLeod that uh, you just don't really know what they're going to look like when they get in games. And so... Uh, we'll we'll see what this you know next couple of weeks has has to offer, but it's a very interesting race, uh, absolutely. Well, if you're on Twitter, he's a must follow at Matt Go AZ Cats. He is the recruiting guru for everything Arizona Wildcats football and basketball. Matt, we appreciate your time on short notice. Uh, enjoy the uh, the practice this morning. Should be an exciting weekend, and I'm sure we'll be talking again real soon. Yep, absolutely. Thank you. All right, take care, Matt. Matt Moreno right there, go AZ Cats. Uh, just had to get him on. I, you know, you see something like what Jed Fish tweets out like he did with the dancing saguaro cactus, something's up. You have to know that something's up. So we go to the expert, Matt Moreno, and uh, he was gracious with his time as he's on his way to, uh, to football practice right now. We're going to take a timeout. When we return, we're going to put a big, bright, red, shiny bow on today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. You're listening here on 1490 AM. 104.9 FM ESPN Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM ESPN Tucson. Man, I can't believe we're already at the end of the show. Holy smokes. What a blitzkrieg today, huh? Oh, man. I still got a lot of stuff to talk about. <laughs> I, got, I got two more pages of notes and stuff that I wanted to talk about today. Damn. All right. Well, um, let's quickly hit on what we're going to see over the weekend in the NFL. Tonight, NFL preseason action, specifically targeting what's going to be happening in Glendale at State Farm Stadium as the Dallas Cowboys take on the Arizona Cardinals. We'll be watching that game closely. Dak Prescott is not going to play for the Cowboys. I mentioned yesterday I don't believe he's going to play until week one of the regular season. It will be interesting to see what Arizona runs out there as far as defensive rotations and what that offense looks like in the first couple of first couple of segments. And if that Dallas Cowboy defense uh, can hold up at all. 
we'll uh, we'll see. Cause that's going to be the big test for the Cowboys this year. We know they're going to score points. We just don't know if they're going to be able to stop anybody. Buffalo at Detroit, another game that's going to be on uh, NFL Network. Uh, by the way, the Dallas uh, Cardinals game will be on the NFL Network tonight at 7 o'clock. Uh, Buffalo at Detroit, 4 o'clock. Tennessee at Atlanta also going to be playing today. Uh, that's the Julio Jones Bowl, and Julio is not even going to play in the game. So, again, it's fine. Um, and then tomorrow, Saturday, big lineup of NFL preseason games. we got the Dolphins taking on the Bears. Interesting quarterback competitions going on with both of those teams. Denver at Minnesota. Okay, that's going to be, uh, you know, two. Uh, one team, you know, Minnesota's obviously a playoff caliber team. Denver has all kinds of problems in their quarterback room right now. They can't decide on which starter they're going to have, Drew Luck or Drew Locke or, uh, or Teddy Bridgewater. They can't decide. Cleveland, Jacksonville. Urban Meyer, of course, stating yesterday that it's not a guarantee that Trevor Lawrence is going to be a starter. Saints at Baltimore, Jets and Giants, Bengals and Buccaneers, Texans at Green Bay, Kansas City at San Francisco, big rematch game there. Seattle at Las Vegas. The L.A. teams are going to be taking on each other. And then Sunday, one game, Carolina at Indianapolis. So we'll have plenty of reactions from NFL action over the weekend. And, of course, who knows what other kind of news may hit. Be stay tuned right here to uh, ESPN Tucson today from 3 to 6 for Spears and Ali. And then we'll see you guys here again Monday morning at 7 a.m. for a Monday edition of the Jeff Dean Show. Thanks to Mary for all her hard work. Back in the studio, pushing all the right buttons. You guys have a great weekend. We'll see you on Monday on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN, Tucson. Thanks for listening to the Jeff Dean Show, Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Jeff will be back Monday morning at 7 on ESPN Tucson. From the Casino Del Sol studio, the soul of Tucson, this is ESPN Tucson. 1490 KFFN AM Tucson, KMXC HD4 Tucson.